Wrestlemania week here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the very first show of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweets Wrestlemania Week 2019. I am your host today, the King of Kayfabe, the modern-day Maharaja, but most importantly, your reigning, defending, Eat Sleep Suplex oh. Retweet World oh. Champion. Who <laughs> put us on this panel? <laughs> and if you, have, if you haven't already guessed, I'm joined by two other panellists today. So... Up first, um, based on what she's had for dinner tonight, we're going to have to change her name to the Gravy Bomb Princess. <laughs> Say her name, she's historic. It's Sarah Grieve. Oh my God, can someone actually introduce me as the Gravy Bomb Tell you what, Princess that'll be your name week. going forward from now on. <laughs> yes! All right. Actually, no, I want to keep a bath All right. And also, is a man who makes me feel less self-conscious about my receding hairline, it's Gary Kernahan. Oh. <laughs> Dude. I was excited about being in the road to WrestleMania, but not with you, Hawkney. Uh, well, it's the first show of WrestleMania weekend. Who better to lead from the front than the champ himself? <laughs> How are you both doing? You looking forward to WrestleMania? I feel like Gary's going to kill you. I can sense uh, the, the, the wheels turning in his head thinking of ways to do so. Uh, but anyway, this is the um, the 2019 Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet WrestleMania week. Uh, a full week of daily shows where we'll be covering a range of various WrestleMania topics, including matches on the cards, some superstar profiles, and some extra surprises in between. So if you want to make sure, uh, if you want to catch up with all these sorts of shows, uh, make sure you're subscribed to our show on iTunes, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. We're also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Suplex Retweet. Give us a follow. And don't forget to check out our funky new website, www.suplexretweet.com, where you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter for all the information on WrestleMania week, future upcoming shows, further talking points, and extra articles written by our fabulous team. Now then, uh, for today's show, we'll be discussing the sort of lower profile matches on this year's WrestleMania card. So WrestleMania 35 has already got a lot of media attention with the first ever historic women's main event. Uh, amongst so I'd say yeah, amongst uh, some other matches that have uh, captured a lot of media attention. But today we're going to be discussing some of these matches that haven't had as much conversation and are sort of featured on what we call as the undercard. So we're going to kick things off with the Cruiserweight Championship match. And it's been announced that Buddy Murphy will defend the championship against Tony Nese. Now, uh, Sarah, I'm going to start with you on this one. What did you What do you think of Buddy Murphy's current run as cruiserweight championship after winning the the title in Australia? Oh, I am such a big fan of Buddy Murphy and his actual title run just now because let's just face it, he is he was the best kept secret, and then you saw him, you're like, holy crap, he is athletic. He's got the high flying style that you would hope, or that I would at least hope that a cruiserweight does as well. But he's also got that hard hitting technical striker style as well. So he is literally the whole mm-hmm. package. Now, Gary, um, the challenger for this championship match has been kind of unexpected, to say the least. Uh, what do you make of Tony Nice and his uh, his rise to becoming number one contender? Well, there's probably eight reasons why he's he's there, isn't it? <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in this this show, I, I 
I've in the past co- passed a few comments. I think actually, Sarah, you've been involved with most of them and how amazing oh, yeah. Finn Balor's abs are. But there's I, a man I that mean, gives him a run for yeah. his money, in Tony Nice. <laughs> oh, I know. I see if you asked me to pick, I probably couldn't pick. <laughs> but no, um, you know, both these guys, uh, no doubt, will put on an amazing match. Great workers in the ring. Sarah was absolutely right when she was talking about Tony. Eh, sorry, not Tony Nice. Eh, talking about Birdie Murphy. He has exceeded everybody's expectations. Br- breathed some new life into two o five live. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these guys will put on a great match. I fear that it's probably going to get buried on the on the uh, pre-show, mm-hmm. um, which is a shame because uh, two o five live could do with getting some more attention on it like it used to get when the show first started and now arguably it's a better show and it doesn't get the attention it's looked for or it deserves sorry yeah i think it's um i think based on how many matches that are taking place this year and how many high profile matches that they are it does seem like you know it it'll be another year where it's relegated to the pre-show uh now just to follow on from what gary said there sarah do you think, um, out of all the Cruiserweight champions that we've had since uh, the initial champion TJP, whose interview you can listen to, which is coming out this weekend with Stephen Wilson? The friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show, TJP. Uh, that was smooth, by the way, yep. so smooth. Uh, well, since the initial uh, Cruiserweight champion was crowned in 2016, how do you think Buddy Murphy is compared to all the other champions we've had? I mean, I'm going to sound total biased, but he has been the best. I mean, it's hard to argue. I mean, he's just, def- <laughs> like, you know, as Gary said, he's defied all expectations and he's always made the pre-show worth watching, definitely. Exactly. I love him so much. (laughs) Uh, Now, just sort of going back to Tony Nisa, I think, uh, because he was a a heel going through this tournament and he beat Kalisto, Drew Gulak, unfortunately, and then he he defeated Cedric Alexander in the final. Do you think, um, Mm -hmm. would you have liked to have seen another match between Buddy Murphy and Cedric, considering that they put on, like, arguably one of the best (laughs) matches at Super Showdown? I mean, no. I mean, because don't get me wrong; those two could always pull out mm-hmm. a great match. But it goes back to the, the sort of conversation: how many times can you see four people turn? Yeah, I think Tony that's good. that would. I think you sort. Yeah. You sort of had a feeling that Tony Nice was going to sort of head that way anyway, because you know it gives you know fresh new challenges for for Buddy Murphy. But at the same time, it would have created a almost like heel v heel dynamic. So. Having Buddy Murphy attack Tony Nice by after he won the tournament, it it does seem a bit. Um, it's, it does seem like they were aiming for a, a face heel dynamic going into it anyway. Um, oh yeah, definitely. But in my opinion, I think that Tony Nice is like so underrated. Mm-hmm. Like I actually feel like he should have had at least a, a couple more times to try for the title before this. Yeah. Um, I- but I think Buddy attacking Tony. I don't know. I, I've just never been able to see Tony as a babyface, but I'll be interested to see how this goes in the match. Mm. Uh, Gary, do you think, um, just sticking on that sort of front, do you think a face-v-face or a heel-v-heel dynamic works, especially on a brand that's sort of fairly neutral, like 205 Live or like NXT? I mean, personally speaking, I always prefer face versus heel. Mm-hmm. Face versus face can work in the past one of my favorite wrestlemania matches was roddy piper and bret hart uh, from years ago but it has to have the right story going into it we've seen last year uh, with shinsuke and aj that it didn't work mm-hmm. uh, so I, I much prefer the the face versus heel dynamic heel versus heel does very little for me and i think 
they need to be posi- needed to reposition the guys in this match for it to have any traction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, ever since the start of the year, you know, Tony Nese has been acting like a, a mega heel almost in a way mm-hmm. because uh, at the very start of the year he was uh, suspended for attacking Noam Dar in mm-hmm. the in the parking lot, and then they they had an excellent no disqualification match in February, which it re- yeah it received a lot of acclaim for that. So it just feels kind of weird seeing Tony Nese in this position where he's now going against a heel champion. So I think what my next question is, is do you think Tony Nese could have a, a successful face run despite being such a really good heel in recent months? Sarah, I'll start with you. Uh, now, this is the way that I always look at it. See the technicalities behind it. See when you're looking at a storyline, you never have the heels chasing the face champion. Never. It doesn't work. You have the heels chasing the actual person, but not the title, yeah. if you get me. But in terms, you always see the babyface chasing the title, not the person. Sometimes the person will have, a, like, there'll be a reason to be chased. So I, I can see it maybe being a bit strange to begin with. Like, it might take a while to find his feet, because I'm pretty sure he's been a heel since the inception of 205 Live. I don't yeah, think I he's think actually right. been a babyface. Yeah, I think you might be right. I, and he obviously had that... Um, that sort of mini stable with Enzo as part of the the Zo train as well. Yeah, I mean, I think after they broke away from that, it was kind of like a tweener. Like you weren't quite sure because there was like one week he was teaming with a a babyface team, then he was like teaming with a um, heel team. So yeah, just to get your um your final thoughts on this uh, this cruiserweight championship match, uh, do you think it's going to end up on the pre-show, and who do you think is going to win? So Gary, I'll go to you first. Uh, yes, it'll be on the pre-show, I think, and probably in between the Bass Royals, and uh, my bet would be Buddy Murphy. I expect Buddy Murphy to retain. Okay, and uh, Sarah? Yeah, I mean, I can see it being on the pre-show. I would hate it if it was on the pre-show. I would like it to close maybe the pre-show, like as a sort of proper kick-off for Mania. And in my opinion, if this is going to work as Tony needs to be in the babyface, he's not going to win at Mania. It's going, to, it's going to be a whole chase the title and see how this fares. I can maybe see this going to SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. It's just because it's, it's a brand new rivalry. I don't see it ending just like that, just because it's, like, oh, it's, a, it's a tournament. Oh, wow. It's going to continue. Yeah, I agree with both of you. I think Buddy Murphy is going to retain. Uh, I think Tony Nee still needs to develop as kind of like a, a face character, and there's not a lot of time to do so between now and Mania. And, but I think Buddy Murphy in general, you know, he's just been. He has defied all expectations, and I think he deserves a big win on the grandest stage, despite, you know, sort of being out of action for the last sort of few weeks while this tournament's gone on. But yeah, you do make a fair point that the feud needs to carry forward, and I think Buddy Murphy deserves his dues winning on the big stage. So yeah. Uh, going forward, now we're going to discuss a match that was sort of briefly mentioned just there. It's the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. This will be number five, I believe. Five too many. <laughs> Four too many, I think. The first, <laughs> the first one was actually quite good, I think. With Even the first one, there was a pointless. <laughs> All right. Um, but so far, we've only got three confirmed entrants. We've got Braun Strowman and, would you believe it, two hosts from Saturday, li- Saturday Night Live, Michael Che and Colin Jost. Uh, Gary, I'm going to start with you in this. What have they done to Braun Strowman? Oh, what is it about Braun and WrestleMania? He he gets. I've, I've, I know I've gone on about this before in the show, but he seems to get rivalries and feud all year round, and they get close to WrestleMania, and nobody has any idea what to do with them. 
and he deserved better Mania last year. I think he deserved better Mania the year before, mm-hmm. but he certainly deserves be- better than this year. He's a waste in this battle royal, and uh, I could care less about the Saturday Night Live hosts. Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, Sarah, do you think this is just sort of the celebrity involvement angle that WrestleMania seems to be following a trend with nowadays, having the two SNL hosts involved? I mean, they always seem to have a celebrity involved somehow. Mm. But then again, it's WrestleMania. When else are you going to get celebrities involved? Oh, wait, they do it on Raw and SmackDown most weeks as well. Can they not get celebrities that at least people outside get, of America would know who they are? <laughs> get get Big Gronk back. He was great last year. That was actually worth watching. Even the security guard didn't know who he was. Uh, no, don't get me I don't get Gronk. me start with Gronkowski. I mean, the last two in that battle royal were Jinder Mahal and Mojo Rawley. And as we've discussed previously, previously on the show, myself and Scott were not fans of that finish. So it's uh, <laughs> because it's, it's Jinder and Mojo. Whilst you had Braun Strowman and the Big Show in that battle royal as well. Gary, see, before we went on there, did David say, do not discuss uh, gender behalf? Yes, he he went <laughs> off in a massive <laughs> gender rash. Oh, see, when you brought up Gronkowski, that's kind of when it happens. But um... I'm sorry, but yeah, sorry, celebrity involvement, yes. I mean, this is, this is, like, see, going back to what you guys said on the reboot show for WrestleMania 32, Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell would be mm. great for this. But yeah, do you, I want him to win. Everything. Do you think this is the only, the only sort of focal point that's really talking about for this match? Because I think anybody else who enters this match is just going to feel like they're just going to feel like cannon fodder in a way. Unless they win. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually pull out something really sort of shockingly, like you know that the shock factor comes in. I don't see this going beyond what Braun Strowman has between these these two hosts. Uh, Gary, do you think that's the case, or do you think we could have an outside uh, outside winner in this case? Oh, I hope it's a bit more interesting than that. <laughs> the picture you've just painted, Dave. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I fear it won't be unless you know something spectacular is going to happen or on Raw to pique interest in this. I suspect the, the story we've got is the story we're going to get with uh, probably with the two Saturday Night Live hosts trying to hide from Braun during the match mm-hmm. and then at the uh, end good luck with Braun that. gets their hands on them get, get these hands <laughs> um, okay but that's sort of well there's not much else we can really sort of uh, go into with this battle royal but other than to say do you think anybody besides Braun Strowman or the Saturday Night Live hosts are going to win this match? I, mean, I would hope so Gary what do you think? Oh, they can't win it please please no Mm. I mean, I'm still annoyed with Nicholas from last year. I know Quacky. <laughs> oh, come um, on, that was funny. I like uh, that. One of our fellow panellists loves it. <laughs> oh, you're a long grudge. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but a guy that was 10 years old, Gary, have you no shame? Right. Do you think this is going to be on the pre show as well? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, just uh, before we go on to our next session, I just want to give a quick mention to. Well, obviously, last year we had the first ever historic women's battle royal. Will we see it again this year? It's like sirens go off in my head whenever that happens. Because at the time we're recording this, it hasn't been officially announced. But I think based on what's happened sort of this week on SmackDown, I'm not sure what's going to happen with the SmackDown Live women's division right now. uh, Sarah, and obviously as our sort of uh, historic all-women's host, do you think um, the SmackDown women have been unfairly treated going into this WrestleMania? I mean, well, see, see, my initial reaction was... Yes, like that was not fair, but then you take away the shock factor and the thoughts behind the actual story to it, 
is that Charlotte is an entitled tyrant. <laughs> she is the queen. Right? It's, there's no other two ways about it. She is completely entitled, but that is her character. Is when they were doing that interview, you had Ronda Rousey, Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, 2019 Women's Royal Rumble winner, and then you had Charlotte Flair, daughter of Ric Flair. Right? Not to like the measure of the fact that she's she was a seven-time Women's Champion across two different brands, so you can see what's happened and like Becky going, oh, Charlotte, what do you bring to the table? It's like, well, bitch, I bring a championship to the <laughs> table. Right, that's basically what it is. So taking away that initial reaction, I don't actually think it is going forward, but in make-believe land where WWE exists and it's, like, it's all, all on TV, you know, TV land. Yes, you would say, oh, like you, you, you want to hate Charlotte, but that is the point. You want to mm-hmm. hate Charlotte. And how do you, how do you think that's but, affected the sort of the rest of the, the SmackDown women? I mean, I can see them probably trying to beat the hell out of Charlotte in this triple threat match, like, or stop her from getting to the ring, you know, something, or you know, attacking her on SmackDown like before WrestleMania. Yeah. I can see like them just taking out their frustrations, and then say Stephanie decides that yeah, they're going to make this women's battle royal and. The winner is going to become number one contender. That's the only way I can see this mm-hmm. going to give, give it give it purpose. If they gave it purpose, mm-hmm. then yes, not to just get every woman on the card because when you look at it, there's eleven women on the main card at WrestleMania. That's one of the biggest that we've had apart from when we had like the six pack and the multi pack the first year after the brand yep. split. This is the bit. This is the most women that's been on the main card in such mm-hmm. a long time. And like everyone says, not everyone deserves to be at WrestleMania. It's yeah. the biggest stage of them all. Yeah, uh, Gary. Just uh, very quickly before we move on. Um, obviously, Lucy's been a very sort of uh, big advocate for the sort of women's division in WWE. What's uh, have she had any sort of impressions on like how the the division's been treated? Apart from obviously the three women main events this year. The, well, I think there's a stark contrast between how Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte have been treated and everybody else they are on a platform much higher than the others we watched um, last week Dana Brooke getting all this hype going into her match with Ronda and didn't get absolutely obliterated <laughs> in seconds for them all so mm-hmm. I, I have a fear because actually after after Mania's finished Charlotte Becky Ronda maybe are going to have to have other people to work with so you need to keep the mm-hmm. rest of the uh, the the rest of the roster up to a stage, and I, I think mm-hmm. it's really unfortunate the the way the the SmackDown the rest of the the, the talent female talent in SmackDown have been treated in this, and particularly Asuka. Again, they seem to just keep messing up with Asuka. She uh, did last year after WrestleMania, but horribly won the title. Seemed to be getting some traction, and since she won the titles, pretty much done nothing. So um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a pretty sad state of affairs as well when they're sort of putting all their eggs in one basket with the main event, and everybody else is sort of just yeah. left to flounder. Now this uh, this women's battle royal hasn't yet been confirmed at the time of recording, so I can't really ask for predictions. But assuming it does happen, do you think it will go on the pre-show? Definitely, hundred percent. So it's just a. I get, like that's just the WrestleMania curse, isn't it? When you've invested so much in programs, the other, the rest of them are just sort of left high and dry a bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, so moving forward now, we're going to move on to the the two mid card titles. Uh, starting off with the United States Championship match, which is the champion Samoa Joe defending against Mister Six One Nine Rey Mysterio. So 
uh, Gary, I'm going to come to you on this one. Do you think Samoa Joe, ever since being drafted to SmackDown last year, uh, he's had a couple of failed WWE Championship runs, a few sort of stop-start feuds, a bit of mixed booking, and now he has he's going into this program as United States Champion. Do you think he's sort of getting the Shinsuke Nakamura kind of treatment a bit? Uh, that's an interesting comparison, Dave. Uh, certainly, I would describe Joe's entire run on the main card as stop-start. And I was hopeful when he got drafted to SmackDown that we were going to see him excel. I don't think that's been the case at all. He always loses the big one. He won the US title and you thought, oh, this could be an interesting move for him. And then he loses not long afterwards, gets pinned cleanly by Kofi. Uh, I would have preferred Joe to have been kept out of that equation. He feels like he should be at a higher, to me at least anyway, feels like he should be at a higher status in the roster or making more meaningful contributions than he's currently being asked or given the opportunity to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sarah, what do you think of Joe's run? Do you think he's not quite been the monster he expects him to be? I mean, given his past, I don't think anything can live up to what he's done on the Indies. But that's that's my personal mm-hmm. opinion. Like, you quickly going back to like Shinsuke and AJ from like last year, it's like so much hype from past matches that they've had. It's like, will it ever live up to it? Nothing will ever live up to it. Nothing can be recreated when you think of a film the sequel is probably not always as good as the original or the remake is not as good as the original so i don't think it's been that expectation i mean I, i've watched joe on the indies like back when he was at ring of honor and he was a dick not <laughs> and that was me putting it lightly he was a dick so mm. yeah so i don't I, I i don't think he's been that threatening i mean don't get me wrong he's a scary scary bad oh. but I, Mm-hmm. It's not like that. He doesn't come across as that threatening. It just comes across as a bit of an arsehole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, going over to the uh, to his challenger, Rey Mysterio. Now, he uh, earned this match by pinning Joe in a tag team match to get the opportunity. And obviously, Ray had his first singles match back in October 2018, uh, where he defeated Nakamura to qualify for the the WWE US Open or the the World Cup, as they like to call it. <laughs> Do you think Rey Mysterio's booking's kind of been a bit soft start as well? Because he's had one feud there, one feud there. Gary, what do you think about Rey Mysterio's yeah, return? Yeah, underwhelming, I think, David. He's had some really good matches, particularly with Andrade. I've been a bit underwhelmed. I would like to have seen him in more meaningful feuds than he has been. And, yeah, I've been a wee bit underwhelmed. Uh, Sarah, what do you think of... Uh, of Rey Mysterio's return, do you think, um, you know, given that obviously he's had some excellent matches with uh, Andrade, and now that he's uh, been featured in a lot of high-profile matches as well, do you think he's sort of, well, I don't want to say he's like sort of reaching new heights for his career, but do you think he's got his active role is actually quite well, well first at this of, stage? First of all, I refuse to call him Andrade Almas. <laughs> you want to, right, we'll use his full name here, Andrade Cien Almas. Oh, <laughs> Andrade is, Mustafa Ali. Oh no, you're called Ali now. Just no, right? That's that's disgraceful. Like I do agree, it has been quite underwhelming. But his feud with Andrade has been one of the most exciting things I've watched on TV in such a long time. Like Mm -hmm. I I agree, Sarah. I think they've done amazing stuff in the ring, but I think they could have done some more to build story and some excitement and anticipation to the matches. Oh yeah, I mean, like, but their their match is absolutely top notch. Especially when like when Ray pulled out the destroyer, you're like, holy crap what just happened but yeah in terms of 
remember Andrade saying that much relies on Selena Vega for a lot of his talking because his English isn't the best in comparison to Ray's as well. Because like Ray could probably sweep the floor with him in like a promo. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. But obviously, obviously, Ray's obviously fluent in Spanish as well. So I think having those two together, they'll have great. They always have great chemistry in the ring. Mm-hmm. Now, sort of just talking about their sort of match at Fastlane, which was originally meant to be on the kickoff show, but then it got turned into a fatal four-way. Mm-hmm. The United States Championship also featuring, arguably, surprise and surprisingly, one of the most entertaining people on the roster in recent times, R-Truth. Oh, yeah. So, love him. Like, do you think this match probably could have happened at WrestleMania too? No, I mean. It was that bit of a shock factor, and I, I will never know if I ever, if I was ever going to win that fastlane sweepstake because of that change. <laughs> right? One one second, Sarah. One Still second. raging about that. So, but I, I, it's a great match. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely great match, but not because it's just the fact that that was thrown together and it was really quite confusing when like when it's just like oh by the way this is now for the United States Championship. You're in. Wait, what the fuck? Hold up here. What happened here? <laughs> right, this. <laughs> this is my that was my genuine reaction going what the hell happened here <laughs> yeah so yeah no I, I don't think that could have been like I know the rumour originally was supposed to be like a six man ladder match for it mm-hmm. considering the build up yeah it was see, always it was always multi-men matches and you're like yeah, see, this is where it's going no yeah see I'm glad you actually brought that up Sarah because the way it was going, I think it was heavily rumoured that it was going to be the US title match could have been a multi-person match, mm-hmm. maybe even a ladder match, because you've got four talented guys such as Joe, Ray, R-Truth, Andrade. Do you think you could have added maybe a couple more guys in there? If so, who? Gary, um, do you think there's anybody else on the roster who could be going for the US I would, title? It was, I know we're going to talk about the inter- Intercontinental title match shortly, but I would have been, I'd have mm-hmm. been all in favour for a multi-man ladder match or a multi-man match for one of those two matches. Uh, I think our truth you know, we talked earlier on about people getting on the WWE, liking people to be on the show. I think our truth deserved a, a mania slot. Uh, I think he's been one of the best things going this year and uh, yeah. was role model for folk in terms of taking the opportunities when you get them. So I would have been all in favour for a multi-man match and um, I think it would be better use of some talent in one of those matches than, for example, putting Braun Strowman in the uh, Battle Royal against two randoms from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of like the um, the curse of WrestleMania, but you know, people have to sort of earn their spot to get on the on the WrestleMania card. But no, I agree with you uh, with both of you there because uh, I would you can't go wrong with having a multi-person ladder match at WrestleMania. We've seen so many really great matches that open the show. Uh, in that format so I don't see why they wouldn't just do it again especially with so many talented guys like you could even fit guys like Kevin Owens and Mustafa Ali into mm-hmm. the into the mix as well and then that gives everybody a chance to sort of shine through especially like for the guy like Mustafa Ali who was supposed to be going into the who, WWE who's this Mustafa Ali Chamber. guy you keep talking about I, I, know. I don't know who this is it, is this hello you mean, it's I'm gone you mean, forever <laughs> he's now just He's now just Ali. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into this habit. He will always be Mustafa. Yeah. I still say it's because it's really, really close to Mufasa and they don't want to have a Lion King like part of it. Yeah. But yeah, sort of just going back to, to Joe and Ray for a minute, um, just to sort of round things up there. Do you think, uh, who do you think is going to win first, uh, Sarah? Oh, um, R-Truth. What? 
I think he's going to get involved. I think they're going to probably change it at the last minute. Multi-man match and John Cena, who is our truths childhood hero, is going to come in and save the day. Okay. <laughs> um, Gary, what's your uh, what's your crazy prediction, if any? I think that Samoa Joe will retain in this match. Uh, I think Ray has started to be used in his current run to put some new talent over. I think that's what happened here. I think Joe needs the win much more than Ray needs mm-hmm. it. I, I could see conceivably Ray get the win because it'd be a nice pop at WrestleMania, a nice WrestleMania moment and so on. But I think Joe needs it. And I think Joe will win the match. Yeah, and if Rey Mysterio wins this, he will become a Grand Slam champion. Mm. So that's good something point. to... Good yeah. point. But again, it's I'm kind of torn between it myself because I think, obviously, Samoa Joe needs a dominant win and this will be his first proper WrestleMania match. I think he needs it more. But Rey Mysterio could become Grand Slam champion maybe further down the line. And he's obviously brought in his son Dominic as well oh, uh, with his promos. So, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see where they go from there. But I'm... I'm going to go with Gary on this one. I think Samoa Joe might be taking it. I mean, I think Dominic will hit Samoa Joe with the 619. Oh, can you oh, imagine? Maybe, maybe well, Dominic like... will turn heel on his dad. Oh, oh no, no don't. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> oh, the drama. Where's, where's Jerry Springer when you need him? <laughs> right. Um, now, we've got one more match to discuss before we sort of finish off the first show. It's uh, the Intercontinental Championship match with Bobby Lashley defending once again against Finn Balor. Now, Sarah, I'm going to come to you for this one first because you're a huge Finn Balor fangirl, would it be fair to say? That's safe to say the least, but it's also the fact that I've been raging how this has been booked lately, so... Yeah, so I was going to say, do you think this is another example of a feud being very sort of stop-start and it almost feels like it's never-ending? It was horribly booked. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have Finn Balor beat the guy's manager in a in a handicap match to win the title and then he basically doesn't do anything with it only for him to lose the night after Fastlane how? why? Finn deserves better <laughs> I'm raging yeah. I'm actually raging about this yeah um, now just looking at how both these guys have been booked over the last year Gary obviously we spoke about Bobby Lashley in the worst of uh, 2018 show and how his initial run back to WWE was absolutely god awful mm. to begin with do you think Finn Balor's featured a pretty god-awful run as well? Uh, despite the fact he's he's faced Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble and he's finally won the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, do you know, you might, you might want to shoot me when I say this, guys, but I could not care less about this match. Uh, I've seen it, God knows... I'm not going to hate you for I, that. I've seen it, <laughs> yeah, God I don't blame you. I'm half and half How many it. times do we need to see this, this <laughs> match? Could we not... Uh, you know, sometimes less is more and if we were building to a match at WrestleMania, it would be much preferable for me to have seen less of these two wrestle every it feels like they wrestle every week in Raw and for Finn, they Finn do. to win yeah, <laughs> that's why it feels like it <laughs> it's because they, they do and for Finn to win the, the Intercontinental title at Mania, to answer your question David, I thought Finn had had a pretty good start to 2019. The match against Brock was great. When he won the IC title, that was great. Then why why put the IC title on him? And the IC title looked amazing against those abs. It really did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, do you remember remember the the bit on A Moment of Bliss where it was like, you show me your abs and I'll show you my just before getting cut off? I mean... I mean 
I think that's them pushing the boundaries of Attitude Era a bit with the... I don't care, you'd get to see Finn Balor's abs. <laughs> and now both, I have to say, both of you were uh, NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool yes. earlier this year. How big of a shock was it to see Finn Balor's abs <laughs> in person? I, cri- I cried. I can't go within 50 feet of him now. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was crying. I'm not even going to lie, I was crying. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like you were like the Jonah Hill meme where he was just like going, ah, girly, girly screaming stuff and all. I mean, yeah, we all saw my video on Facebook. I'm not even going to deny it because mm. it happened. Yeah. Uh, going back to the Lashley Balor feud for the moment, do you think this is starting to get shades of his feud with Baron Corbin last year, where it was just never ending oh and God. you just wanted it to end oh, don't as soon me. as possible? Oh, don't yep. me. Yeah, sorry, Sarah, oh, I had to bring it up. Why'd you do that? But there, there's always a, a plus with that because there have been rumours going around that we might get to see the demon at WrestleMania. Do you think that'll be the case? Yeah. <laughs> it will be a little <laughs> bit like the demon's appearance at SummerSlam. The demon will be appearing be- to get a pop, not because the demon is needed to win the match. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, if you guys remember Finn's feud with Bray Wyatt, that, yeah. that was the thing that was like it brought out the demon because like he had to actually bring the demon out whereas with Baron Corbin yeah it's literally demon squash match bye I mean come do you think I want that to uh, happen again yeah I I thought you were going to say do you think that'll happen again yes but you've sort of answered my question demon come out demon squash bye and in a card (laughs) and in a card with so many matches as well some of them are going to have to be squashes you need a squash match and if the demon's going to squash Bobby Lashley I'm not going to say no to it I will pop for that I usually don't like squash matches, but when it comes to Finn Balor, I'm happy with anything as long as he doesn't lose. Mm-hmm. He does win everything. He does win everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, again, obviously all these matches have kind of, you know, they they could end up on the pre-show, but others, you know, they might be an opening match or a sort of midway match. How do you see the Intercontinental title match being positioned here? Because it was the opening match last year. Do you think it might go somewhere in the middle this time? Or do you think it might go somewhere else? Gary, I'll start with you. It certainly should not be the opening match, I don't think. Uh, Halfway into the show, yes, if it's going to be a squash match, then that might be a bit refreshing. My fear is this might be the match that people decide to use for a comfort break. I don't know, there's... uh, no, I don't want to go into too much detail because all these other matches will be discussed on our WrestleMania preview show. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, that's going to be coming out on Thursday to keep in touch with uh, WrestleMania week that's going on. Do you think uh, these undercard matches are going to be a bit better? Like, are they going to be like on par, or do you think they're going? To, are you less excited about them compared to last year? I mean, see, in terms of where this is positioned. See, like, if you look at last year's IC title match, mm-hmm. Finn, Seth Rollins, The Miz, everyone was damn excited for this match. Nobody gives a crap about this match. And yet, the IC title's one that opened the show because that set the, set the scene for last year. So if this is going to be a squash match, put it on, just make it the second match, just mm-hmm. there and done. But then again, if it's the demon, it might need to be dark. Is this place inside or outside? It's outside. It's outside. It's, uh, it's MetLife Stadium, yeah. They might need to wait until it's dark for it to have a decent effect. Because what's, well, what's the point of doing all this effects, putting the demon like paint on, getting the smoke machines out? What's the point of doing that in broad daylight? Well, it, I suppose in, I think in New York around that time, it does get qu- kind of dark quite quickly. So I think it should be okay. I mean, possibly. If I'm going, like, this, is, this is my mentality behind it. If you're going to have Finn as a demon, it's going to need to be in the dark. Have it, just, 
have it as the squash match, maybe two, maybe like midway through the second half. Yeah, that sounds about right. That what that's what I would personally say. Mm -hmm. Or like I know like most folk would use it as a comfort break. I mean, if it's a squash match, you're not going to get most, much of a comfort break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, like I would have had this like maybe not right before the main event, but the match before the match before the main event. If you get me, so third to yep. last. Third to last, got you. That's what I would probably put it as. Just I think it's more the fact that yeah, if you wanted the, if you want the demon, it's going to need to be dark. Mm -hmm. that's, that's that's my personal opinion. They can't turn out the lights, so <laughs> yeah, just the they just turn out the sunlight. I mean, yeah. See if it was indoors. Anytime, all you have to do is turn off the lights. Just fuck up the switch, <laughs> and it'll be fine. Can you imagine what his entrance is going to look like, though? Because I think it's going to be epic. I mean, if it's a demon, it's going to be awesome. If yeah. it's just Finn, it's still going to be awesome because they get to see those abs. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm turning into a perv, guys. This is what happens. Yeah, you can add uh, you can add that along with Angelico's crotch. If yes, you know that's a bit creepy, Sarah. You've got you've certainly got form in this area. That was unintentional. This Finn's Finn Balor's abs. I will full front go. Yes, and her right. crotch was accidental. Okay, right. Okay. Um, last. <laughs> Sorry, right, that's uh, too funny. Okay, uh, last question, just to sort of round things up. Uh, who have you got winning this match? And do you think we will see the demon? Yes or no, Gary? I'll start with you. Yes and yes. Sorry, there wasn't a yes and yes answer question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we'll see the demon, and yes, I think Finn will win. Okay, and Sarah. I mean, let's just face it. I would have Finn to win if it was like a six or one handicap. I would always pick Finn, which I, I have always picked Finn. Even if he's lost, I've always picked him. Mm -hmm. And I would like to see the demon, considering the fact that the poster, the demon was advertised. Yeah, that it's is It's kind true. of a dick move if they don't bring him out now. Yeah, I think they'll have a missed opportunity if they don't bring him out. So, uh, fingers crossed we'll see it. I'll write okay. him every letter. <laughs> <laughs> Can I speak to the manager? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for the, the first show of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweets WrestleMania Week. That was us uh, discussing the undercard. I imagine most of it's going to end up on the pre-show. If not, it's going to be a sort of match in the middle or quite possibly even an opening match. But uh, we'll see how it pans. You know the pre-show's only like two hours long, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. But you know how long the Battle Royale lasted, how does, much stuff does this show Does this make us the ESSR pre-show? Oh, my God. Absolutely. Absolutely not, because the champ's on this show, and he always made it. Well, fairness, I'm on the preview show, so I'm on the main show, so it does not matter. Does that make <laughs> me the preview show, then? <laughs> yes, it oh, does. Gary! Oh, no! <laughs> anyway, so if you want to keep up to, up to date with all the shows we've got going on uh, in WrestleMania week this week, just make sure you're subscribed to the pod on iTunes, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. Be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Suplex Retweet. And don't forget to check out the website, www.suplexretweet.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter for all the info on these upcoming shows, everything to do with WrestleMania Week and a few other bonus articles featured by the team. Now, coming out tomorrow, Andy Mitchell's going to be in the hosting chair with Ross McLeod and, once again, yours truly, uh, as we discuss our first superstar profile that is the animal Batista. We're going to give you what you want. <laughs> anyway, that and more all to come on WrestleMania Week 2019. Uh, Big thank you to my panel, Sarah. Thank you very much. And to you, thank Gary. You, David. I've been your reigning, defending, eat, sleep, suplex, retweet, world champion, David Hockney. And this oh, has God. been show number one of WrestleMania Week. And we'll see you tomorrow night. Listen, I don't care what the f*** you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d***.
tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the f*** you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now!